family, your physical family, which will include your spiritual family. It's going to be about your family. And then the last fast, seven-day fast, fast and praying. Jesus said certain things happen through fasting and prayer. Uh, the last fast is going to be about the church, family worship center, the vision, and our network of planning churches. So we're going to have a 21-day fast. It's going to be three different times. And we're going to explain next week, really, how, how easy it is and essential it is to fast and to pray. And we're going to talk about prayer. And Cody's going to end here just a second and wrap all that up so you don't want to miss that next week. But I want to get you and me on point this morning. And I want to talk about you and I living a life of faith. Some of us grew up hearing more about faith than we do now. And faith is the language of God. Faith is what the Bible says we live in to please God because God is a God of faith. God is a God that has un helped us understand the power and the grace of faith. We're all faith people. You and I do things right now in faith that we, we might not even understand or consider, but like I've said before, we work a job before we're paid. How many here gets paid after you do your work? Okay, well, why, why do you do your work? Because you believe they're going to pay you. You believe they're going to pay you before you do your work. You're going to drive to work or get on your computer. You're going to buy clothes. You're going to buy dinner. You're going to buy lunch. You're going to buy a vehicle. You're going to do whatever you do to, to produce what is required of you, then you're going to get paid. You have faith. You have faith that they're going to pay you. Let me say amen. I have faith that when the red light's on the other side of the, the box hanging down, that somebody's going to stop when I go through it. I have total faith that I don't even look to see if anybody's coming anymore. I just drive through because it says green, and I'm believing somebody is heeding the yellow and the red. That's faith. Now, faith is a substance, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, listen to what it says. Now faith is the substance or the assurance or the title deed of things that are hoped for. See, hope's very important. We're talking about faith, hope, and love this year. Hope's very important. When you lose your hope, you cannot initiate, you cannot turn the ignition to faith. Because faith puts your hands on, uh, excuse me, hope puts your hands on the key of faith so you will turn the key of faith, which is talking and walking and doing what God says to head to what you're believing is going to manifest in your life. Let me say it again. Now faith is, let's just, Hold your finger there in Genesis 12. Let's just go to Hebrews 11. How many knows that God just wants us to follow Him? How many say amen? The Bible says those who are led by the Spirit are called the sons and daughters of God. Hebrews chapter 11. Turn over there with me. You can put it on the screen if we're screening there. Hebrews chapter 11. Look what it says. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So if we're going to operate in faith, if we're going to be on point, we've got to get out of the natural. We've got to get out of what we see and feel and hear and touch. We've got to get out of the natural, and we've got to get on to the spirit realm. And you're a spirit being. On the inside of you is the real you. This is not the real you. This is the container. This is the house. This is the vehicle. Paul called it a tent that contains the real you. The real you is made in the image of Father God. And Father God is a spirit who has a spiritual body. And he has a soul, which is his mind, his motion, his will, his intellect. The real you is on the inside of you right now. And the real you has to be fed. 
has to be cared for. Spiritual food from the Word of God, from the Spirit of God. How many, how many felt the presence of God this morning during worship? God's, God's visiting us. He's on the inside of us. He wants to visit us corporately. And it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, for the evidence of things not seen. If we rely on just doing like Thomas did, I'm not going to believe you, God, till I see. I'm not going to believe that Jesus rose from the dead till I see the holes in his hands, holes in his feet. I got to, I got to poke my finger into something. When we live a life of leaning toward and being led by the flesh, we've all got, always got to put our finger into something physically. I got to touch it. I just got to touch it before I believe it. I just got to see it. I've got to hear it. I've got to smell it for I believe it. And none of those things are faith. And the truth is, none of those things please God. Because God's asking us to live by faith. And He's given us the equipment to live by faith. He's given us the tools. He's given us Him to live by faith. So I want to encourage you this morning. According to Scripture, we're all born in faith. Been given a measure of faith when we're born again. But I just want to encourage you, some of the natural faith that we use, it's more easier to believe in the spiritual faith God gives us. I've always said this and, and I've always believed this. It takes more faith to believe in evolution than it does to believe in God. It takes more faith to believe that we came out of some explosion and that God put cells together, not God, but time put cells together, not the way God did it, but over millions and millions and millions of years, we rose up, walked on our hind feet, began to talk and reproduce. My, my question is, why did we stop with us? Why aren't we still evolving? Why did it stop now? Why did it all stop and go away? If evolution is endless, I'm not going to get into all that because I've had a couple... The Bible says it's not wise to refute and argue. I don't argue much, but there's a couple of people in my life that rattled my cage about evolution. And when I got through with them, they were scared God was going to come and get them. Or I, I just, it just, it just, it takes more faith, calling things not as though they were, to believe in evolution than it does. God Almighty said, let there be light. Amen. That makes a lot more sense. Let there be light. And there was light. So it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Let's listen to what the Amplified says. We're talking about moving toward making a move in 2019. It says, now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for. Here's what I'll stop this second. Look up just a minute. What are you hoping for in 2019? Well, not much. You won't get much. We got to get our hope stirred again. How many say amen? What are you hoping for? Hope gets you out on the course so you can hit the ball. Hope gets you on the court so you can dribble and shoot. What are you hoping for? It always amazes me the first year when UK doesn't do good and everybody gets down on them. It's like a roller coaster. Then they start winning. They won a good game yesterday at Auburn. Then they start winning two or three. Then people get back on the roller coaster. Just stay in the boat. How many say amen? amen? Coach Cal's got an ability to wrap them up and get them humming by the end of the year. He always does. Some's better than others. But don't lose hope. That song Ray Bolts writ, writ, wrote, whatever, written. He writ, he wrote it. Amen. <laughs> the anchor holds. It holds through the hard times. 
How many here can raise your hand and say, Pastor, in the last 15 years I have endured some hard times? Raise your hand. How many can also say God helped you through? How many can say sometimes the thought come like, my God, what am I going to do? I'd like to get out of this mess, but I still want to live and complete my purpose on the earth. And the anchor holds. The anchor is the Word of God, but you have to have something tied to the anchor. And the rope is the hope that holds you there till the manifestation comes in your life. And God is trying to teach us to line up our mouths with the Word of God. Say what Daddy says. Say what the promises say. Say what the Word says. And it says, it says that we have a title deed of things we're hoping for, being the proof of things we do not see, not in the flesh realm, five, five senses, and the conviction of their reality, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. I got it. I, you know, I, I got it. I'm, I'm convinced I've got it. I'm convinced I'm going to heaven not based on what I've done, based on what he did. I, I'm, how many's convinced of that? Amen. How many's convinced you, you've got that? How many's going home? Anybody here have a title deed to your house, your, your trailer, your apartment, whatever? Anybody got a deed to it? Raise your hand if you got a deed to it. Are you convinced it's yours? Are you convinced enough to put up a fight somebody tries to take it from you? How many here's got kids? How many know you're your kids? I mean, nobody else will take them, but they're your kids, right? How many's got, how many knows assuredly if something tries to come against your kids, you will go defend your kids? You know why you do that? Because you're convinced it's yours. Did you know years ago I had a guy call me, and I'd just come in from, before I was married, and I'd just come in, I remember I'd been, um, doing something, side dressing in the back of helping dad, and it was in the summer, and it was, and this guy called me, and I'd met him a couple of times. He called me, and he lived in Indiana, and he said, Reverend Butcher, and I said, yeah. He said, my name's so-and-so. I said, yeah, I, I know who you are. He said, I was in prayer, and the Lord said to tell you, you're finished now. I said, okay. He said, the Lord said to tell you, I'm coming and taking the church. I'm well able to take over the church. And he gave me this big rigmarole, and he told me about white, baby grand pianos and all this stuff and I said well sir you know I tell you sometimes I'd like to give this thing away but it's not mine to give first of all and he didn't tell me anything about you taking what God gave to me so click you got to know something belongs to you before you click somebody we need to start clicking the devil and quit telling him to shut up and quit talking to us that you're not going to live long. You're not going to finish what God gave you. Your kids are going to remain screwed up. You, you, no one's ever going to find what you're really gifted and good at. You, you, we need to click the devil and hang up on him. Shut him down. How do we do that? By speaking in faith what the Word says. Amen. And it says, by faith the elders obtained a good report. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. So if I'm going to build something in 2019, I've got to use the building materials of the Word. I've got to declare what God says. I've got to build a foundation in that arena. I've got to put up walls. I've got to insulate. I've got to put a roof on it. But I do that basically by three things. Believing, speaking, and doing. Faith has three parts. There's the believing. I believe it. It's settled. I believe it. What God says is it. I'm going to believe it. I don't care what anybody else says. I'm going to begin to walk it out as I talk it out. And you've got to do both the walking and talking. Here's something about marriage that's amazing. There's a communication factor in marriage. 
Some of us grew up where there wasn't a lot of communication in marriage and our grandparents and moms and dads, a lot of grunting and pointing, but there wasn't a lot of communication. So there's a lot of misunderstood stuff. There's a lot of stuff under the rug. There's a lot of stuff we just lived in the great land of denial. And I'm not talking about Egypt with the river, the great Nile. And we lived in that denial. How many knows the number one thing? How many enjoyed Brother Joe coming last week? Wasn't that a good week to come to avoid the snow this week? Amen. But you know, number one thing in marriage is communication. But it takes faith to learn how to communicate with your spouse. Oh, they just know what I want. No, you have to order off the menu. How many say amen? And you get to a point in time where people love you and know you enough, they can order for you. But how about if you want to move from that? You know, I want to move from number one at McDonald's. I've had enough of number ones. I want to go to number four, the double quarter pounder cheeseburgers. I want to move. They'll never move unless you tell them you want to move. Satisfaction, just getting by. I'm telling you, there's ideas, imaginations on the inside of us. There's dreams. There's abilities on the inside of us that we need to tap into in 2019. Shut the door. Shut the door on 2018. Even, even the good things. Don't forget them. Don't quit with valuing them, but we got to move on. How many ever heard the old saying, the honeymoon feeling? The honeymoon time. How many knows the definition of that? That's where everything goes pretty good. That's where everybody, how many remembers when you first got saved by the end of the prayer, it was already manifested in your face? Amen. How many remembers when things happened so quickly? Then you, you go on years in your spiritual walk and the next thing you know, there's some times that come a little harder and a little trouble and sometimes you'll be praying and believing for something that might take weeks or months or even years for manifestation. But you hold on to hope. You hold on to hope. I still believe with all my heart the Bengals are going to win a Super Bowl. All I ask Jesus is give me enough time on the earth to see it. How many say amen? They're making moves. They're making changes. I still have that hope. So I'm not going to be going around calling them the bungles. That's shooting myself in the foot. I'm not going to call them the bungles. I'm going to call them the bangles. Now you don't have to like them, and that's okay. But I, what are you speaking over calling it a bungle when God calls it a blessing? When God says what He declares over it. Now, let's go back to Genesis. Genesis chapter... Chapter 12. We're talking about faith. We're talking about moving something. How about moving your health this year? How many like to see your health increase and do better this year physically? Well, I'll tell you what. It's going to include your mouth. It's going to include your thought life. And it's going to include your feet. What do you mean? Well, I'm, all right, let me give you an example. Pastor Pat could uh, quote Scripture and believe Scripture. And that would be one of the foremost things. And Pastor Pat could say Scripture. And my faith would increase. And my mind would be renewed with the healing power of God. That would do. But if I keep eating two bags of Lay's chips, which I don't every day, don't get upset. But if I keep eating two bags of big family-sized Lay's chips every day, I'm not going to get where I need to move to. Because there's three parts. There's a spirit part. There's a soul part. There's a flesh part. You say, well, this is rudiment. This is foundational. How many of those always need to go back to foundations? Amen. So there's a talk part. There's a walk part. And there's an actually believing part that all work together. Okay, look what it says in Genesis chapter 12. God's speaking to Abram. Before he's Abraham, now remember, before he's Abraham, Abram. Let me give you a little background. A Abram lived in, in Chaldea, and, and he lived in a town called Ur, and his daddy made, they made idols. They sold idols. 
for foreign gods. They just made all kinds of idols. They sold them. They had a big family business, and it's good. Now, I want to point out his family does not know God. His family does not follow God. His family does not walk with God. So if you see in here where he's talking about moving from his family, that doesn't mean you have to necessarily move from your family. If your family's full of God, loves God, walks with God. But there is a separation. There is a separation to some degree. How many can say amen to that? So God says to leave and cleave. Look what it says. The Lord said to Abram, get out of your country. Get out of your country. You could translate that, get out of what's comfortable. If you're going to move anywhere in 2019, you're going to have to move from being so comfortable to being uncomfortable. Because there's an uncomfortable part of faith where I'm telling you, you're like the baby eaglets and all you feel is something sticking you in the rear end all the time. Mama keeps ramming in this end. The other end gets all kinds of thorns. The eagle's nest, the edges are usually rough, what I've read. So there's a soft part in the middle for the little babies, but they, we can't stay at the same place all of our life. How many say amen? So get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house. Basically, he's telling Abraham, you've got to find your own identity. Let me just say this. I don't know if mom's here. Did mom get it? Mom is probably, mom don't like ice. Let me say this to you. I love my mom and dad. I love my grandparents on both sides. I was blessed. I've lived in this area my entire life, except the two years as a Bible school. And uh, even though I come from families that were not perfect and they didn't do everything right, but I had a good name, blah, blah, blah. And you've heard me say to this day, I've had 85-year-old woman, women walk up behind me in Kroger's and tap me and say, are you Charlie's boy? Do I look like a boy? Yes, ma'am, I am. You homage boy. And I'm thankful for a background. Okay, push that aside. When I went to Ramah in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, and spent two years of my life, nobody knew Charlie or Imogene or Dooley or Shauna or my grandparents or my cousins or my aunts and uncles. And they had to like me or dislike me for me. I began to find my own individuality for the first time in my life. And it felt so good for people just to like you or not like you for you, how many say amen? God wants us to find our spiritual individuality of who we are in Him. What belongs to us in Him. That we're created and accepted and adopted in the Beloved. And He says this. And then He says, here's, here's the first instruction. Make these adjustments so the move. Now your move might not necessarily be away from your family, away from what you do. Your move might be away from fear. I've never done that. You ever done that? You know, your, your, your deal might be, I don't know if I ever should remarry. Your deal might be, I don't know if I should go off to Bible school. Your deal might be, should I change jobs? It could be anything. Your deal could be anything, but God wants you to move. This thing, this Christian life is called movement. Movement. God's on the move. God's on the move. I'm telling you, God's doing great things around the earth. How many say amen? I don't want to be left behind to you. Then he says, I will make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you. He says, I'm going to bless you. And he began to tell him, wherever you put your feet, I'm going to give it to you. So there's a possession of the tongue. There's a possession in the mind. And there's a possession in the feet. And we've got to go get what God wants us to have. And he says, I'll make, a, I'll make your name great. Isn't that what everybody wants to be? He's famous for something. 
You know what they say? Everybody gets 15 minutes of fame in this world. And everybody wanting fame? I mean, you see anybody on TV, and if they've got any narcissism in them, any pride in them, any arrogance, they grab the mic. They just want to talk. They want to be in front of people. It's because we're all built to have affirmation. But the affirmation is to come from Father God. This is my son and daughter in whom I'm well pleased. This is, he tells the angels, you know, I've got their names written in my hand right here. I love them so much. I sent my son so they could be my son and my daughter. I mean, say amen. And he says, I'll make your name great, and, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll show, and you shall be a blessing. Verse 3, and I will bless those who bless you. Mm. Boy. You know, this thing's bigger than us, guys. It's about our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren. It's about friends. It's about people. It's about people giving their hearts to God because you gave your heart to God and somewhere they saw a track you laid. And the devil's trying to tell you you've never laid a track, you've never left a trail. That's a lie because wherever God's involved with somebody, there's residue and the residue's falling off and you can be trailed and tracked because of your faith in God. You, in the middle of me, and our wrongs and rights, you can be tracked by God. And I want to encourage you, never, never give up on yourself and look, begin to look into the mirror of God's Word of how much God has a blessing for you. And verse 3 says, I'll bless those who bless you and I'll curse those who curse you and all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And, and God, and, and the Amplified, it says here, He says, listen, listen, He says, now you're in Haran. The Lord said to Abram, go for yourself for your own advantage. Your own advantage. It's our advantage to move. Doesn't the Bible say from faith to faith and glory to glory? Isn't it sometimes a trouble for us to see our kids leave home? Isn't it sometimes a trouble to see them get out and see them? How many ever watched your kids make mistakes and you pray for them and you love them, but you can't do anything but pray for them and love them because they've got to experience things on their own? But how many knows there's a party who wants to gather them up as little chicks and put them back in the nest and sit on them? The problem is the nest ain't big enough and you can't sit on them no more. Or you can't out of codependence and control. And you can't out of shame. And you can't out of all these things. Because some, sometimes in country cultures, we, we get it, we caught up in these things. You know, instead of praying for God's will to be done completely in a child, we just find something in the family we think fits them, and we label them as a kid. Well, you're like Uncle Ricky, so you'll be a mechanic. Well, you're like Uncle Joe, so you, well, you're like Auntie, and we label them. I mean, those I'm telling the truth, if anybody, I'm going to want to admit it. And sometimes we do that out of a gracious heart, but we don't let God take them and mold and make them into what they're gifted and called. And sometimes we know ahead of time and we see those things and we call it out. He says, I'll bless those that bless you and I'll curse those that curse you. Guys, it's very important as we follow God, move with God, and, and, and listen, as we walk in love, faith, hope, and love, and I'm going to stop with here, and Cody's going to come up and, and finish. Cancer, heart disease, diabetes, I forget the top five diseases that take people's lives in America. Here's the latest study they've, they've found. This is the latest study. The manifestation of death is heart disease, diabetes, cancer, blood disorders, hypertension, all this stuff. That's the manifestation. That's what they'll put on the, the report the death report. Here's what scientists have now found, which we know, and here's what studies have proven. Most people die out of a broken heart, 
loneliness, and no connection with people. And it manifests with these others. I mean, anybody want to guess the average age when someone retires in America, how long they live? Anybody want to guess? Five years. Five years. Some live a little longer, a lot live a little less. Because they don't feel like they have purpose anymore. Are you saying we can never quit working and go to Florida and have some fun? No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying we should never stop having purpose and leaving legacy. And, you know, here's how it worked on the farm. When you're little, your grandpa's right there with your dad working, if the family worked together, and the moms and the grandma. And then come the time, you notice, and when you're real little, you could usually drive the tractor because you ain't big enough to do nothing. And you can't wait till you're big enough to throw hay and cut tobacco. Then you get that big and you go, I'd like to go back to driving the tractor. But anyway, it's too late. And at the end of the cycle, your grandpa's up there driving that tractor. And your grandmother's involved, probably home cooking three chickens for everybody to eat. And the cycle rolls. And you're taught. And I remember my dad took one of my cousins once behind the wagon because I had a cousin that's quicker than a rabbit. And when it comes time to pick up the back, he'd just take off like a rabbit and he'd jump over. Anyway, he'd get up on the tractor. And he was little. He was too little to do much. But daddy pulled him aside and he said, Now, honey, Papa's worked a long time. He deserves to drive the tractor. And you need to honor that and let him drive the tractor. He said, I know you like driving. You'll get plenty of driving in your life. This is an uncle talking to a nephew. And he said, well, Uncle Charlie, what am I supposed to do? He said, you pick up leaves. <laughs> Picking up leaves wasn't a curse, but you've been over a lot. Amen. That's before some of you might understand. But anyway, there's a cycle to this thing. And I believe with all my heart, as we learn to love God, and move with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength as we begin to love ourselves, as we love our neighbor. You know, if you love someone, you'll pray for them. I believe we can extend people's lives. They've already proven it. They take dogs and ponies into rest homes. Ponies. They're just all hugging a pony, kissing a pony like they want to ride the pony. Just the love and the laughter of animals and peoples and things extends lives.